Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 788. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. I have uh, a continuation of the book of Proverbs. We're starting chapter 12 today with commentary. And we've got some music and letters. So... um, Right now, let's pray. Lord, continue to anoint me on these messages that the souls may be saved and the body of Christ, the born-again Christians, may be uh, strengthened in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And here I am to sing at Porter Wagner's studio, Swing Down Sweet Chariot. You swing down, sweet chariot, stop and let me ride. Swing down, chariot, stop and let me ride. Rock me, Lord, rock me, Lord, fine and easy. Well, I got home on the other side. Don't you swing down, sweet chariot, stop and let me ride. Swing down, chariot, stop and let me ride. Rock me, Lord, rock me, Lord, fine and easy. Well, I got home on the other side. Well, 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 Ezekiel went down in the middle of the field. He saw an angel working on a chariot wheel. Wasn't so particular about the chariot wheel. Just wanted to see how a chariot feels. Now don't you swing down, sweet chariot, stop and let me ride. Swing down, chariot, stop and let me ride. Rock me long, rock me long. Well, 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 just wanted to lay down his heavy load. Why don't you swing down to chariot stop and let me ride? Swing down chariot stop and let me ride. Rock me long, rock me long. I'm an easy well. I got a home on the other side. Well, I got a father in the promised land. Ain't gonna stop until I shake his hand. Rock me long, rock me long. I'm an easy well. Praise the Lord. Yes, I have a home on the other side. Now, uh, you know, repentance, the meaning of repentance is that uh, the fear of the Lord comes upon you and you become so frightened that you repent. Anyone that says that they don't fear God 
and that they are repentant. I don't believe them because the Bible says uh, the exact opposite of that. The Bible tells us that we will not serve the Lord unless we fear him. God told Moses that. And so if you don't have any fear of God, you're not serving him at all. You may be going to a church and you may hear all kinds of heresy, such as that you've repented of your sins and that you're doing a work of God. Or most of the churches today say that you really don't have to do a work for God. Uh, but the Bible says that we're going to be judged by the works that we do for God. And so most of the people in the world are going to heretical churches, churches that their pastors are heretics. And, you know, I don't get anything. I'm not looking for any money from you because, you know, we work and we make our own money. And I have enough money to eat every day. And I have a roof over my head. And uh, I have it all. So I want to tell you the truth because I've had all the money I've ever needed, much more than I've ever needed in my life. So uh, repentance means uh, not only that you accept God in your heart, but what it means is that you fear God so much that you want to accept him to, uh, into your heart, that so you're afraid of him, and there's a love that comes down upon you with the fear of God that you want him to love you so much that you don't want to sin anymore because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. And the fear of God is wisdom. And so if you don't have any fear of God, you are nothing in the eyes of the Lord because it's for sure you're not serving him. God cannot lie. And he says, no one will not, they will not serve him unless they fear me. And that's why God on Mount Sinai started uh, blowing trumpets and uh, get accompanied with an earthquake and fire and billows of smoke. And everyone trembled, and they fell on their faces, and even Moses' flesh quaked because of the fear that came upon them. And uh, they all fell down and uh, told Moses, uh, don't let God talk to us any longer. Let him talk to you, and then you talk to us, because we feel that we will perish. We'll die and go to hell if he talks to us. So please, uh, Moses, you talk to God and not us. And so we will do everything God says. Yes, you will after God's frightened you to put the fear of God in you because God is a terrorist. He terrorizes people because he wants your soul to get into the kingdom of heaven. And you're not going to find God just by reading unless fear of God comes over you from reading the word of God. Chapter 12 in Proverbs starts out, verse 1, of whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. But knowledge isn't enough. we got to have wisdom. Uh, and so the instruction in the Bible says we must fear God. The whole duty of man is to fear God. Now, whoso loves instruction, loves knowledge. So you have to have the knowledge of God to know that he wants you to fear him so that you'll serve him. Well, if you don't fear him, he'll put the fear of God in you. If not here in this world, 
you're going to be screaming your head off when you stand before him because you're going to know that he's more real than you ever had any idea that he was. And your knees are going to be smacking together. And you're going to need a potty change, you know. You're going to go potty in your pants. I I had the experience with the Lord of how uh, to fear him. I didn't read it in a book. But one day in an office in Beverly Hills, he came down upon me and shut my ears off, my natural hearing, and started speaking to me. It was like wind blowing through a screen, like the wind was coming from every area. The voice of God was coming from every area into my spirit. He was talking. He said, stand up. This I am the Lord your God. Stand up and tell the people in this room about the Lord Jesus Christ and that he's coming back to earth again. Or you will surely die. And so I thought I was going crazy. And I started getting frightened a little bit here because. And so all of a sudden again, I started to get out of my chair. And then my I heard this voice again coming through me from all angles saying, I am the Lord thy God. Doubt not. Stand up on your feet and tell these people in this room about the Lord Jesus Christ and that he's coming back to earth again, or there thou shalt surely die. In other words, I'll kill you. And so I thought, wait a minute. And I tried to get out of my chair, but the Spirit of God was on me so powerful that I couldn't get up. It made me weak. All the joints in my knees, my knees and the feet and everywhere were just like numb. And I couldn't stand up. And then I uh, finally, I just, with my arms, pushed myself up and the spirit started going in and out of my body saying, Thou, now you know, now thou knowest. And so I says, Lord, don't take my life and send my soul. I knew there was a heaven and a hell. He brought that down and just uh, the knowledge of the Spirit of God showed me that there was a heaven and a hell and there wasn't any doubt as to where I would be going. So I said, don't kill me, don't send my soul to hell. I just said it in my mind to him because I knew he knew everything I was thinking. And that alone uh, frightened me, just to know that he knew everything I had done uh, all the days of my life, every from the, I was uh, the time I was first born, and so there wasn't any problem with me getting fear because this God that had control enough of me to be pulling my soul, my spirit out of my body and back and forth was telling me that he was going to kill me and that he was going to pull the breath out of my body and I wasn't going to be any longer. I wasn't going to be anymore. And so um, uh, I started getting some, uh, uh, the beginning of wisdom. I, be, I started getting the fear, the beginning of fear. And so I says, Lord, don't kill me. I said it in my mind to him. I said, I'll tell them. Because the breath was going in and out of me and my heart was pounding so hard it felt like it was going to come right out of, beat right out of my uh, rib cage. And so uh, I started uh, telling the people in the room, you know that I, you guys know that I never thought about God or 
Jesus or anything like that, but God's telling me to tell you that Jesus is coming back to earth again. And uh, he started pulling the breath in and out of me again. In other words, I wasn't uh, serving him enough. That didn't show enough fear of God. He wants you to, uh, us to convince people that he's talked to me. I just did it very casually. And so he started pulling the breath in. And I said, what's the matter? I told them. He says, you did all these big promotions saying this is the greatest singer in the world. This is the greatest record offer of all time. 20 original hits on one big album for only so much money. And everything you've ever promoted turned to gold. Now, you uh, give as much zeal to me as you did these promotions that you did. I says, oh, my God, I don't know anything about the Bible. I've never read it. I don't know anything about it, and I don't know anything about you. But I remembered a picture that I had seen, a motion picture on Broadway in New York. I just grazed in there because it was nothing to do in the afternoon. They went in there for about 15 minutes, and I was disgusted. I thought it would be a real down-south movie about, you know, uh, some swamp people or something. But I went in there, and I heard him saying, Jesus, Jesus, repent, and all this. And I remembered, I just walked out, but I remember the words, repent. So um, I started uh, telling everybody in the room, Repent, because I knew that if I didn't convince these people in the room that Jesus was the Lord and that you have to, that he put this fear on me and threatened me, that uh, I would die. Uh, first, I'd see them all disintegrate and go to hell, and that I would disintegrate and go to hell right after him. So I really was doing my best to convince those people in this room in this office in Beverly Hills, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I just said, you've got to repent. You've got to repent. And if you don't, you're going to wind up in hell. Well, if anybody isn't preaching it that way, of course, people think you're a heretic, you're insane, and all this. But God says that we're insane if we don't receive it that way, because that's the Word of God. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it tells us that we're to... The whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. We don't have to do anything else. We don't have to be on the stock exchange. We don't have to worry about food. We don't have to worry about clothing. We don't have to worry about uh, laying away some sort of uh, nest egg money-wise for ourselves. But we need to fear God and keep his commandments. And then God said that he'll provide everything for us. And so that's what uh, uh, I had instilled in me at that very first moment. Didn't believe in God or Jesus. I'm Jewish. My real name is Bernie Lazar Hoffman. I didn't believe in God or Jesus. But the Lord said in the last days he'd take the veil off of Jews' eyes and would show them the truth And uh, to some of us. And he knows the ones of us that will serve him, we Jews, and the ones of us that won't. And I hear a lot of Gentiles saying that, well, uh, repentance means that you accept God in your heart. Uh, in comparison to what the Lord showed me, 
That isn't quite it. Would you agree? It's, they say the Gentiles, you accept Jesus into your heart. Well, I didn't. I got the fear of God then, but I didn't accept him into my heart. I accepted that he was telling me the truth, that he was going to kill me. But uh, I didn't have a formal thing of, you know, the sinner's prayer, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, wash all my sins away in your precious blood, because I didn't know the Bible then. But I just knew that he was really emphatically making me do something that in no case would I ever have done if I he didn't instill the fear of pulling the breath out of me and casting my soul, my spirit, into the pit of hell and then the lake of fire. I didn't know that. But he showed me there was a hell and there was a heaven. He showed me for sure I'd go to hell if I didn't do it. He instructed it. It was quite a while after that, a few months or days after that, that... Uh, I really accepted God into my heart. That happened when there was a vision uh, of heaven and hell uh, to me in uh, this room and a different place completely. And I cried out to God, don't send my soul to hell. God, save me. Save me. Uh, I didn't know about forgiveness or the blood of Jesus or anything like that, but I just said, Save me. And this is after seeking in books and different churches everywhere to find out what God wanted me to do. I knew he was there. And I knew that I had the fear of him. And the fear of God made me start seeking around town, around Los Angeles, everywhere, to find out what I had to do in order to please God. I just wanted to please him. Because I, I wanted him to know that I'm very willing to do whatever he said because he has the power to jerk the soul right out of my body, to yank it right out and sling it into hell. And so most people don't believe that, and therefore they have no fear of God. The Gentiles and everybody, they say re repentance means you accept God in your heart, like, you know, that you accept uh, a dinner over at, uh, the, you know, some hotel or something. Or you accept a payment for work. It's not like that, folks. Well, they say you accept Jesus in your heart. It's in Acts 3.19. Um, they also say that repentance is the sorrow for sin. Uh, no, when I, so the Spirit of God came down upon me and made me know that he knew everything that I did, I said, oh my God, inside my soul, I says, uh, he knows everything I did. And, uh, I was, uh, sorry that I did it for, because I didn't want to go to hell. And I knew that he knew all that and that he was capable of sending my soul to hell. So repentance is, um, uh, not, not just a sorrow for sin and a turning away from it, but it, that's for sure, that's what it is. But it's more than that. It's a fear of God that he can just pull the spirit, your soul out of your body at any time and sling it into hell if there's any sin on your soul. And there's so many false preachers that are saying, oh, you can sin, no one's perfect. Well, God says that people are perfect. It says so all throughout the Bible that Noah was perfect. 
and Abraham believed God, and that made him perfect. And that we, uh, in the eighth chapter of the book of Romans, that if we walk in the spirit, that we're perfect. And that if we are not in the spirit, and if we fear God and keep his commandments, then we fear God, because no one is going to do it unless they fear him and keep his commandments. So all that is true. Repentance means that you accept God in your heart, you accept Jesus in your heart, Acts 3.19. Repentance is a sorrow for sin. Oh, yeah, because you know you're sorrowing not because you hurt God. You're sorrowing because God is a, is a uh, terrorist. The Apostle Paul saying, knowing the terror of God, we do what he says. We preach the gospel. We continue doing that. And so you're doing it because uh, you're sorrowing because you're on the block. You're on the block. You're ready to be sent to hell. And, and then you turn away from sin because you fear God. But we're never going to um, renounce sin uh, unless we fear God. Unless we uh, fear because all the sins that we've committed that we know we're going to hell if the breath goes out of our, our bodies and all of us know that we never know when we're going to die unless you're committing suicide and if you do that you go straight into hell if you think so that think things are that bad um so the sinful nature uh of it renouncing sin because of the sinful nature of it no because we fear god that he'll send our souls to hell. And he's not kidding around. Until we turn away from um, sin. With our whole heart. With the fear of God behind that. There will be no repentance. No change in our hearts. Uh, we have to turn away from sin. If we uh, want to go to heaven. And we have to do it with our whole heart. Uh, if we don't, there will be no real change in our hearts. We will not become new creatures. We will not start serving the Lord. So there are a lot of people who fail to understand the true nature and the true meaning of repentance. I didn't repent until he scared the hell out of me. There's many hundreds of millions of people sorrow that they have sinned. They're sorry for their sins. They even uh, make an outward uh, reformation. And they make an oath before God because they fear that their wrongdoing or their sinfulness will bring sufferings upon themselves eternally in hell and the lake of fire. But this is not uh, really yet true repentance. The way the Bible talks of it is they lament 
suffering rather than to sin. Such, uh, these things, such as the same uh, sinfulness or the same grief that Esau had when he saw that his birthright was lost to him forever. He didn't want anything from God. Yeah, who knows? Who cares about the blessings of God and the birthright? I don't need to be born again. I don't need a birthright. And so he sought for forgiveness for it, but couldn't find any because he waited too long. He'd already sold it. He gave it to his brother. Balaam, terrified by the, there was an angel that was standing in his pathway with his sword drawn out, acknowledged his guilt. And he did that because uh, lest he should uh, lose his life and his soul. But there was no genuine repentance there for his sin. No conversion of purpose. Uh, no desire to serve the Lord. No abhorrence of evil. And Judas Iscariot, after betraying Jesus, our Lord, exclaimed, quote, I have sinned in that I have betrayed this innocent of blood. Matthew 27, verse 4. Uh, the confession was uh, forced from his guilty soul by an awful sense of condemnation and a fearful looking for of judgment because uh, everybody's going to be judged. All sinners will stand before the judgment bar, the great white throne, the judgment bar of God. And if you're not right with the Lord, the consequences... Um, that will result are the same that resulted to him. He was filled with terror, but there was no heart-breaking grief in his soul that he had betrayed the spotless Son of God and denied the Holy One, the Holy Spirit of Israel. Now, um, actually planned the destruction of the living God in the flesh. That's what he planned and he did it. And there's a lot of people that are planning to destroy the people that Jesus is living in. People all over the world that are serving the Lord. I being one of them. Jesus is living in me. And you know that we are the continuation of the Lord's incarnation. That's why so many people try to flee from our presence because they sense the holiness and they know that the presence of the Lord is in us. And when they're sinners, 
they don't want to be uh, near us at all. They they want to flee. One of the people in my church a long time ago says, I don't want to be around you, Tony, is because I know that you know I'm a weasel. I thought, well, that's uh, there didn't seem to be any conviction of it. Uh, there didn't uh, wasn't any confession. Okay, he confessed, but he didn't say, I'm not going to be a weasel any longer. Pharaoh, when suffering under the judgments of God, acknowledged his sin in order to escape further destruction. Punishment that returned to his defiance of uh, heaven. He defied heaven uh, right here while he was on earth. For uh, God, as soon as the plagues were stopped, as soon as God stayed the um, plagues, had um, these all lamented the result of sin, but uh, did not sorrow. Oh, they were so sorry that their town was all bashed in, that everything had happened to them, that God turned Egypt upside down. But did they sorrow? No. They didn't sorrow for the sin uh, they did. They never repented of the sin. They never wanted to change their lifestyles. And they never wanted to walk in the Spirit or by the Spirit. Or they didn't want to seek God. They wanted to keep His commandments. When our hearts yielded to the influence of the Holy Spirit of God, the conscience will be quickened and the sinner will discern something of sin and something of righteousness. And what is that something? Something of the depth and the um, sacredness of God's Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit is his word, and that's God's holy law. Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law, and I'm not going to stop destroy it. I'm going to uh, fulfill the law. I'm going to keep it to show people that are in their flesh, if God is living in them, if I'm living in them, that they will be able to keep all the commandments. The foundation of God's government in heaven and on earth. The light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world, if they come unto him. That's uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 9. Um, this illuminates the secret chambers of the soul and the hidden things of darkness are made manifest because conviction comes down upon a person and uh, it frightens them because God is showing it to them and they know that it's God showing it to them. And this takes hold upon the mind and the heart. The sinner has a sense of 
the righteousness of God Almighty and feels the terror of appearing before him with his guilt and uncleanness before God who searches everyone's heart. He sees the love of God, the sinner, the beauty of holiness, the joy of purity, and he wants to be cleansed and to be restored to communion with heaven, to be restored to communion with God, with Christ. Communion with the Almighty God. The prayer of David after his fall illustrates the nature of the sorrow for sin. His repentance was sincere and deep. There was no effort to hide his guilt, no desire to hide or escape the judgment that reached him and return inspired his prayer. David saw the enormity of his transgression, his sin. He saw the defilement, how it defiled his soul. He hated his sin. He hated it. It was not for pardon only that he prayed, but for purity of heart. He longed for the joy of holiness to be restored to the harmony and communion with God. This was the language, the speech of his soul. This is what he said, quote, Blessed is the uh, he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. That can be found in Psalms 32, verses 1 and 2. Quote, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions, for I acknowledge my transgressions, or my sins, and my sin is ever before me. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Um, cast me not away from thy presence, and ta uh, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me this, uh, the joy of thy salvation. It's so joyful to know that you're saved and going to heaven. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Deliver me from blood guiltness. O God, thou God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of thy praise. 
That's Psalms 51, verses 1 through 14. So this kind of repentance is beyond the reach of our own power to accomplish. It is obtained only from the Lord Jesus Christ, who ascended up on high with over 500 witnesses watching. And he has given gifts unto us, the Bible tells us. The Bible, the word of God, is spirit and it is life. Quote, and has given gifts unto men, all of us that will repent, unquote. Not just to men that will not repent. Uh, and the, these preachers, false preachers, say that we are God's righteousness. We're the Lord's right. You're not the Lord's righteousness unless you've stopped sinning, unless you've truly repented. Just here is a point on which many, many people may err. And uh, henceforth they fall. They fail uh, or um, receiving the help that Christ desires to give them. They think that they cannot come to Christ unless they first repent. And uh, that repentance uh, prepares for the forgiveness of their sins. It is true that repentance does proceed the forgiveness of sins, for it is only broken uh, a broken and contrite heart that will feel these things, that will feel the need of, uh, of a Savior, of salvation. But must a sinner wait till he has repented before he can come to Jesus? Is repentance to be made an obstacle between the sinner and our Lord and Savior? Well, the Bible uh, will never teach that. That a sinner must repent before he can uh, heed the invitation of Christ. I hadn't repented of my sins. I quit promoting people when the Lord showed me and put the fear of God into me. But I had the fear, but I wanted to know what to do, how, how to serve God. That's repentance. You can't just say the prayer if you say the prayer and don't do anything about it. If there's no fear for you to do something for the Lord. When I was approached by the Lord in the office in Beverly Hills, I didn't know what sin was. I knew that I was a sinner. I didn't know all the details about it. I knew that he was there. I wanted to repent. I wanted to Serve God, I asked the Lord, what is it that you want me to do now? The Lord had approached me and I him after he had made himself known unto me. So therefore, the Lord says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest or Sabbath. Uh, doesn't he say that? Quote, rest for your souls, unquote. He'll give you Sabbath for your souls. That's why the Sabbath day 
Yes, we should rest when the Lord tells us to rest, but we must walk in the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. We must rest in the Lord, Sabbath in the Lord every day. Now, a lot of you, uh, you know, like I, God came to me and made me what I am today. And he gave me these uh, jewels, these gems. You can't go out and drink beer and booze every day of your life and watch TV uh, all the time and expect to go to heaven. You have to serve him. Matthew eleven twenty eight. That's what it says. And I will give you Sabbath. It is the virtue that goes forth from Christ that leads to genuine repentance. In other words, we see the holiness of God, the goodness of Christ, and then we want to be, we know we have to be like him. Because he said greater works would we do. We have to let him, we have to invite him into our souls, into our spirit. In other words, he showed me that he existed, that I needed to repent. I didn't know how to repent. I didn't know every sin that I committed. But after I sought the Lord, after I was seeking him in all the churches in L.A., and I went to these bookstores where people were supposedly uh, of the Lord, and I read them, and I knew they weren't of the Lord. Then he showed me visions, dreams. I cried out to him for salvation. Whatever I have done wrong, forgive me, Lord. I don't know what all I did wrong, but forgive me. Peter made the matter clear in his statement to the Israelites when he said, Him... Hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins? Acts 5.31 We can no more repent without the Spirit of Christ to awaken the our consciences, that we can be pardoned without Christ. Can't be. So I knew that I was supposed to do something in that office, but I didn't know it was uh, repent, to preach repentance. I'm preaching the gospel in there that Jesus is coming back to earth again, and I hadn't even repented yet myself. Christ is the source uh, of every right uh, impulse. He is the only one that can implant in our hearts enmity against Satan's sin and the devil. If you're not against sin... If you're not uh, warring against it with the word of God, then you're not in the battle. And if you're not in the battle, you're not in the Lord. Every desire for truth and purity, every conviction of our sinfulness is an evidence that his spirit is moving upon our hearts.
upon our spirits, upon our souls. Jesus has said, quote, If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. John 12, 32. Jesus must be revealed to the sinner as the Savior of this world, dying for the sins of the world. And people must know about hell and that if they don't serve God, if they don't get right with God, if they don't start fearing him, that they're not going to heaven. And as we behold the Lamb of God upon the cross of Calvary, the mystery of redemption begins to unfold to our mind and the goodness of God leads us to repentance. In dying for sinners, Christ manifested a love that is incomprehensible to those of us. And as the sinners behold this kind of love, uh, it should soften their hearts, and it does many of them, and impresses the mind and inspires contrition, repentance in the soul. It is true that humans sometimes become ashamed of their sinful ways and give up some of their evil habits before they are conscious that they are being drawn to the Lord. But whenever they make an effort to reform from a sincere desire to do right, it is the power of Christ that is drawing them an influence of which they are unconscious um, works upon the soul and uh, the conscience is quickened and the outward life is um, amended. And as Christ our Lord draws them to look up uh, upon his cross, and we all have to carry a cross. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, the Lord says, take up the cross. And he says also, come and follow me. So we look upon his cross to behold him whom their sins have pierced. All of our sins are the things that pierced Christ and sent him to his death. Pierce his body until that comes home to the conscience the wickedness of our lives, the deep-seated sin of their souls is revealed to them. They begin to comprehend something of the righteousness of Christ and exclaim, quote, quote, what is sin that it should require such a sacrifice for of um, the sacrifice as Jesus having to die for the redemption of us, uh, its victims. We're the victims of sin. 
Was all this love, all his suffering, all of his humiliation uh, demanded that we not perish, but have everlasting life? Yes. Is this what it took? Yes. Uh, the sinner may resist this love. They may refuse to be drawn to Christ. But if uh, he does not resist, he will be drawn to Jesus. Uh, acknowledge of the pain of salvation will lead him to the foot of the cross in repentance for his sins, which have caused the Lord's sufferings, the sufferings of God's dear Son. The same divine mind that is working upon the things of nature is speaking to the hearts of mankind and creating an inexpressible craving for something they don't have. The things of the world cannot satisfy any of their longings. The Spirit of God is uh, pleading with them to seek for those things that alone can give peace and rest, and that's the power of God, the power of Christ, the joy of holiness. Well, I'm going to have to take this up uh, tomorrow. I'm going to continue on with it. But right now we have some letters. Where's the first one from? This is from North Little Rock, a continuation from John Gary Peeler. Okay, go ahead and read it. This is from his insurance company, a letter. This insurance coverage is no longer acceptable to State Farm Fire and Casualty Company. Okay, now the reason the insurance company, what they did is they canceled this insurance because they figured that the government or some member of government is going to destroy him because he let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. He, uh, 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 the President Clinton had ordered him to eliminate me, to assassinate me, and he didn't do it. And because of this, they put his son in prison. And he's still uh, telling this same story over and over again. His son is not guilty of anything, and he's in prison. And uh, so the insurance company dropped his insurance policy because they know, they figure he's going to be uh, murdered. And if he's murdered, they know they're going to have to pay the policy, so they dropped him. Okay, continue on. This insurance coverage is no longer acceptable to State Farm Fire and Casualty Company because our premium does not contemplate the exposure that may be generated by your undercover activities with the CIA, FBI, DEA, etc. <coughs> now, he was with all these agencies, and he was ordered, just like he was ordered to murder the people at Waco, to destroy the uh, World Trade Center, and also before that, the federal building in Oklahoma City. So now he, they say, wow, you're a, an agent. No, he's a has-been agent. He was an agent, but he quit him because of their uh, evil ways. Keep going. 
If you have any questions, please contact your agent. We are notifying the mortgagee and or additional interests listed below of our action. Because their letter is only a notice of non-renewal, it will not disclose the above reason for our decision. Okay, so um, that right there tells you a little bit of uh, why even the insurance companies are hip to the government's actions. Well, it's time to pray now. So those of you that are truly fearful of God's enormous power, to be able to take the soul right out of your body and put place it in hell within the flash of a second, a nanosecond or more less, uh, let's really repent and let's start really doing a job for God. Let's start preaching the gospel. Learn it first before you preach it. There's too many heretical doctrines around. Say this prayer so that God will certainly save your soul. So he'll do it. And you'll have peace then. Say, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus is coming back. Jesus, my Lord, is coming back to earth again. And I believe that you, Father God, that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart and I invite you into my spirit, my heart, Lord. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I am calling upon you, Father. And I am calling upon you to save my soul. And therefore I know that you have heard me and I know that you have answered me and I know that I am saved. And I thank you, Father God, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my everlasting, eternal soul. And so just raise your hands up now and praise and thank the Lord. And also, Sharon, uh, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 788. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. God has angels down here to help us rise when we have to and tells us when to go to sleep. By the Holy Spirit, he sends them. And uh, it's a, a spiritual um, thing of God sending uh, holy angels to us. Uh, he'll send them to us when we go to heaven. I tell you, heaven is so beautiful. It's impossible to explain it. And here I am with the Prague Symphony Orchestra and the live choir to sing Angel Band. You know, there's nothing better than to know that you're going to heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. My latest son is sinking fast. My race is nearly run My strongest trials now are past 
Hallelujah.